0: Hello and welcome to this podcast. My name's Claire Cable, Chief Executive and Nurse Director of the Queen's Nursing Institute Scotland. QNIS has been supporting community nursing and midwifery since 1889. While our work may have changed since then, we continue to support and champion community nursing and midwifery at the heart of enabling health and recovery in every community in Scotland. As caring professionals, we often neglect our self-care, which when unchecked over time can lead to burnout. These pressures are exacerbated by the current stress of unprecedented demand on our health and care services not to mention the cost of living crisis we find ourselves in. Every day we are seeing the impact on individuals, families, and colleagues. We can't change any of that, but it means that taking time to check in with ourselves is even more important. This series of podcasts seeks to inform and inspire by introducing you to practices which may be familiar, perhaps with a fresh perspective, by offering first-hand stories of the benefits for others. It's an opportunity to pause and take a few moments to reflect. In today's episode, we are delighted to welcome the Reverend Ali Newell, and we're going to be talking about Capacitar, a word which means empower in Spanish, and Ali will tell us a bit more about that in a minute. Ali has been involved with Capacitar Scotland for over 10 years. She's been privileged to welcome the founder of Capacitar, Dr. Patricia Pat Kane, to Scotland on many occasions, working with Pat to deliver trainings. As associate chaplain at the University of Edinburgh, Ali offered Capacitar sessions for staff and students at the university. She's an experienced retreat leader and sees Capacitar as a wonderful opportunity to engage with practices of well-being that connect us across the world through a network of others. So Ali, welcome to the Qunes podcast. We're delighted to have you with us. And I wonder if you would start by by telling us maybe a little bit more about yourself and how you came upon Capacitar, but tell us, what is Capacitar?
1: The story of Capacitar is a wonderful story. And um, it began with Pat Keane being in Central America, in Nicaragua, during the war. So this was 19... 19- 1998, and she was um, involved in a community art project. But during the time there, she was also involved in self-care practices. So she was doing Tai Chi and acupressure. And the people there said, we like the work you're doing in the community art project, but what we really are interested in is what you're doing for your own self-care. Can you teach us the Tai Chi? Can you teach us the acupressure?" Which she did, and this then spread, and Guatemalan unionists became interested in it. She went down to Honduras after Hurricane Mitch, after the disaster there, and helped, and then it spread throughout Central America, throughout South America into South Africa, Rwanda, Congo, Palestine, and then finally into the, most, the latest country with us, Afghanistan. So it spread over five continents and 45 countries. And what she was bringing was simple tools for people in energy wellness
0: practices. So tell me... How did you get involved Ali and as a, a caring professional yourself as a chaplain what was it that drew you to the practices what was it that made you think aha this is something important uh, that i can use So well, i had been very interested
1: in well-being practices and i was at, on a retreat where somebody was speaking about this woman, and it was this woman Pat Kane, who was involved in body work. And I had, at that stage, I was a counsellor. I I was doing a lot of listening to people, but I was really interested in how the body responded, and I felt I wanted more training in that area. So I went to one of her trainings in London, and I thought this is marvellous because it was such a... Uh, an invitation for people to access their own healing and find their own um, ways to heal. Um, So I wanted to bring her back up to Scotland, and I did that, and that was about 15 years ago. Since then, we've been doing trainings here. But the strap line for capacitor, which, as you said, means um, to empower, to enliven, to bring alive, to awaken in Spanish. And the strapline is healing ourselves, healing the world. And that really also appealed to me because I, I was always interested in yes individual healing um, uh, but also what was it that that helped us heal communities as well
0: ali thank you i absolutely love the story of capacitar i love the fact that it's such a grassroots movement and it has come from people across the world who have been looking to find practices um, to heal themselves and that they have been spread uh, from person to person I wonder if you could tell us a bit more about the practices themselves and and perhaps those that uh that have been particularly important for you
1: Yes, well, perhaps we could start with um tai chi It's one of the most popular practices, and if you've ever watched tai chi it's it involves the whole body and it's extremely calming and grounding. But it's also something because you're stretching, it's good for the circulation, it's good for the muscles, the joints. And in Tai Chi, usually by the end, people feel a sense of uplift, they feel more relaxed. And they also feel centered. And I think this is one of the the great things about capacitor. It's bringing people into a sense of being present, to being here and now. And the Tai Chi comes with visualization. So it's not just the same as what you would get if you went to a, a regular class on Tai Chi. It comes with some visualization, which is also very helpful in changing people's mood, I think. But many people who are participating in these practices are there because they have experienced trauma or they've experienced really extreme stress. And one of the things that is happening, it's working with meridians and it's um, helping to release blocked energy. So when we're traumatised, we feel that in our bodies, don't we? And there's a sense in which we become Frozen that the the trauma, whatever it was, that fight flight moment, it's it's frozen in our bodies, and so these practices help to release and to allow the energy to flow more easily, and that's um, one of the reasons I think Tai Chi is such a wonderful place to begin in describing
0: the practices. So, if I understand correctly, Ali, the the Capacitar version of Tai Chi. Uh, involves visualization as well. Um, And how is it different in any other ways from the Tai Chi practices that one might find elsewhere? There's very
1: little, you've got to do this perfectly. You just join in and you do it as best you can. And that's enough. And you enjoy it as best you can. So I would say that's a very big difference from trying to learn to do something in 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 a particularly careful way, which would often
0: happen. Yeah. Wonderful. So it's kind of very grounded, very sort of, you know, perhaps simplified to the point where where people can teach one another uh, rather than needed to be a a certified uh,
1: expert. Exactly. And the visualization very often connects with the elements and connects with nature. So for instance you begin with your feet on the ground and you connect with the earth underneath you and then if you're reaching up in one of the movements you're aware of the sun's energy and, and so it connects with nature and that that makes it also very
0: appealing to people. So Ali you've been working with QNIS and uh, supporting many community nurses to learn capacitar practices. From your experience in working with community nurses and midwives, can you maybe share some practices that you think might be particularly useful uh, to community health and care practitioners?
1: Sure. Well, I've spoken about the Tai Chi already, but let me describe um, in a given day what might be good practices throughout the day. So the Tai Chi is a good one early morning, but so would uh, sun salutation be good because again it's full of stretches and when you're wakening up in the morning it's lovely and it comes with visualization again the capacitor version then there's Pal Dangan which is drawing as yoga does from ancient practice this time in um China and Korea and it is a little bit more lively than the Tai Chi it has some wonderful postures for feeling strong in yourself, feeling nobody will push you around. And um, and then many, many different practices for joints and different areas in the body. So that's a good one. Then if you were moving through the day and you were, say, facing a, a, a Maybe going in for a visit somewhere or just facing something that was a little bit more difficult, but you had a few more minutes either sitting in your car or sitting in your office before you went. Then I would say that a simple practice, breathwork practice, would be very good just to calm and ground you. And these are very, very simple. Take a few minutes where you're breathing in and you're breathing out and you're just sensing the rhythm and you're coming into a sense of again the present moment and letting go of any stresses and strains or you might like to try finger holds now these are very good if you are feeling flustered or anxious about anything because they're again about managing emotions. So you're releasing emotions, and you're holding different finger and breathing in and then breathing out using the finger as a way of connecting with that emotion. So if I could just take a moment to describe that, the thumb is connected with grief. So you're releasing anything that's to do with sadness, pain and grief. The second finger is to do with fear. So you're releasing what is to do with fear. And when you're breathing in, you're breathing in courage, you're breathing in a sense of resilience. The third finger is to do with anger. So you release that kind of negative anger and you breathe in a sense of calm or a sense of being able to be open to change because anger can hold within it an energy for positive change. The fourth finger is the finger for anxiety. So again, releasing anxiety and breathing in strength and calm. And the fifth finger is the finger of low self-esteem. So we're breathing out any sense of negativity about ourselves and breathing in a sense of our value. So this would need to be um, explained in much greater detail, but you can see how that can be a very short practice to manage difficult emotions as we're en route to visits or, or, or a difficult session.
0: And I think the finger holes are just such a fabulous practice for for all of us uh, at at any time. You know, if we can't sleep and children love them, I know that uh, so many children's nurses and health visitors uh, have have used those practices often with their own children, but also uh, with with families who they support uh, if they felt that that's uh, appropriate. So uh, thank you. And just to let everybody know that all those practices are on the QNIS website. Ali and her other colleagues from Capacitar Scotland have uh, supported us in creating a series of short videos that uh, will enable you to see all those practices so that you can uh, follow along. So Ali, I just wonder if you'd tell us a little bit more about for you as an individual, What are the practices that make a difference to to your day or your week? Uh, What are the the go-to practices that that are important to you?
1: I use all of those that I've mentioned. And um, maybe I could um, say a little bit more about some of the ones I, I haven't mentioned. So there are some that are very good for boundaries. And some of the mudras are very good. Now, mudras are hand gestures. They're drawing from the east from india and um some of them are holding very simple um positions with the hands but they remind me that i am my separate person and i don't need to be entangled with someone else's stuff
0: and that's so important (laughs) for For nurses and midwives, it's so easy to get entangled in other people's stuff. So thank you. That's a really helpful one
1: to share. And I would also mention the acupressure. I've used that a lot with others. And there's some very simple, again, points to hold that can make a big difference. In um, Pat's emergency toolkit, she has all the practices I've mentioned And they're now translated into 27 different languages across the world. Um, But the acupressure, there's one in there called the head, neck, shoulder release. And acupressure is particularly good for pain. It does help the emotional stuff too, but it's also good for just aches and pains in the body. And the head, neck, shoulder release is in that emergency toolkit because it's a very simple protocol to offer to someone else. The other thing that's in that toolkit, which I just love, I, I love the response that I get from people when I use it. These are the head holds. And the head holds, I find I could use if somebody was overwhelmed. So you they would come in and you would hold maybe a hand on the front of their head, and a hand at the back of their head, the other hand at the back of the head. And this is one that is really good, they say, for nightmares, for people that are traumatized as well. But it's just really good for simply calming someone down. And if I would have someone come into the room and they were really a little bit out of control, and I would offer the head holds, I almost always felt that at the end of it, they would be able to have a conversation with me because they had calmed down enough to do that.
0: I love the head holds. And the beautiful thing about the head holds is that for anyone who is uncomfortable with touch, they can be offered uh, without needing to touch by just holding hands in the area, you know, just above um, and, and back in front of somebody's head for someone who, for whatever reason, is not uh, comfortable With that very gentle touch that the head holds can bring. So I think they're beautiful practices. The other thing that's actually important to
1: say is that all of the practices we can teach so that people can do them to themselves. So that nurses who are in the way of touch, it's a little bit different and people are used to being touched by nurses. But when you're not working in that kind of context or if you're working the context of gender violence or or more difficult situations, then people can do the practices to themselves. And it's very simple to teach that.
0: And I think they're really great for us to be able to do for ourselves. I certainly know that for me, um, you know, sometimes I can feel the beginnings of a a really nasty headache or just uh, I've been sitting at my desk too long and that head, neck, shoulder release is just... Great when you've been sitting in front of Microsoft Teams for a protracted period. And that's the the, the lovely thing about being able to share things that work for for you. Would you just tell us a little bit more about that kind of popular education approach? So it is, again, it's wonderfully democratic. You know, I'm sharing something that works for me with you rather than, you know, I am the the expert, the guru, and I am um, teaching you as a recipient, which has that whole kind of power with it. I wonder if you just tell us a little bit more about the popular education approach.
1: Maybe I should just mention that if you go on the Capacitor website and you go under who we are, or I think it's something like that. And then you click down and there's history and you open that. There's a wonderful video. It's about 15 to 20 minutes on the story of Capacitor. And it shows all these different countries. It shows people speaking from the Congo and South Africa and Nicaragua and um, El Salvador and saying, or Palestine, saying why they're important to them. And these are all people who have learned the practices, used them themselves and believe in them because there's no point sharing something that you haven't found helpful yourself. And then they've shared them with people in their village or people at their work or their families or whoever it is. And if you have a look at the pictures, often there are circles of people And they're offering the practices to one another. So I would say that we are teaching the nurses online. And sometimes it feels a little sad that they can't offer the practices to one another, like the head holds or the acupressure. And we have to do them to ourselves when we're teaching online. But actually, it still works. So yes, the um, sense of this popular education is, is so that it can reach far more people that way
0: well that's brilliant and it feels so completely authentic that we're sharing things that are important to us that enable us to to manage our our, our, ourselves um, and are sharing them in a spirit uh, of humility and a spirit of um, take what's useful leave the rest rather than uh, it it being a, a prescription And uh, I think that's one of the wonderful things about Capacitor.
1: And maybe just, just to add in terms of this popular education approach, you know, when we've been working with the nurses and sharing Capacitor practices, I think they have loved to see who it's also being used. With. So it's being used with those working with refugees or refugees. It's being used with caregivers of all different types. It's being used by those who are working in mental health substance abuse it's been used in all these situations of conflict and war and poverty and pandemic i mean that was really wasn't it clear what brought you in to capacitar the realization that the nurses were so exhausted because of the pandemic so i think it allows them to to feel part of a much bigger thing and because of this popular education approach
0: and you're right, q is as a charity absolutely sort of dialed up our use of Capacitar during pandemic because we could see the trauma that practitioners were experiencing and online were able to offer um, rather homemade videos at that time, as we all were recording videos in our back gardens. and. To, to share the practices and I'm just delighted that you've been able to work with us so that we've got some rather better quality videos on the q website now to share the practices and uh, just to let everyone know that the link to the story of Capacitar video is also uh, at the end of the, the program for you to find. So finally, Ali, I wonder if you could tell me if someone is listening to this podcast and thinking, oh, you know I'm intrigued. I'm interested to find out more um Where would somebody start? Is there uh you know a, a couple of practices that you think well well, that's the one that I'd suggest you you start with. What would you recommend? Probably the
1: ones that i've I have been mentioning, so the tai chi, the Gam, the breath work, the finger holds. The acupressure, but perhaps as a way in, um, do you know, there are uh, many, many videos that Pat has done on YouTube where it gives little examples of this, and so people could look to see, or they could go to the Capacitor Scotland website and see where they could actually link in to a, a practice because it, it tells you where it's happening, or. If they were a nurse, they might like to go to the new videos that are coming out, and they may be already up, I'm not sure, um, of the nurses doing the practices. So these would be ways for them to discover what would be something that would be best for them. And, you know, if, if you're in a team, there are certain practices that are great for that, that like um an uplift capacitor practice, the one that gives a kind of sense of... Uh, Lifting the energy is the drum massage. You know, there's, there's a lot of fun practices or simple a simple movement dance. You know, there's things like that that can, that that can be good in a team.
0: Ali, thank you so much. We really appreciate your taking time to be with us. We also appreciate your generosity and the time that you've given with Capacitar Scotland to supporting community nurses to learn these invaluable bodywork practices. And we conclude this episode with contributions from Alison Bunce, Jenny Patterson and Margaret Ann Williamson about their experiences of using Capacitar in their personal and professional lives.
2: My name's Alison Bunce. I'm a Queen's nurse from the 2019 cohort. I am the programme lead for Compassion at Inverclyde and i just wanted to share really the huge benefits i've had since learning about capacitar i first learned about it through the queen's nurse program where claire cable the chief executive officer introduced some of the practices during our program and it really resonated with me the the whole Um, notion about energy and how to empower yourself and others to move the energy perhaps something that's been stuck feelings of that are negative like anger or frustration or whatever so when I got the opportunity to do the capacitar training I jumped at it and really I have adopted embraced whatever you would like to call it capacitar into my world I start, I do it every day, twice a day sometimes, at 30 in the morning and 5.30 each night online. And really, it has just grounded me, has allowed me to, to be my better self, um, to feel calm, to really empower my whole being in a way that's been gentle and meaningful. But not only that, I've been able to do it with... Um, a group of people who gather every second Friday evening and we share together Capacitar.
3: I'm Jenny, a midwife and now a midwifery lecturer. I've been using Capacitar practices for over 10 years. My well-being and especially my confidence have been transformed. I've also shared many practices with mothers, midwives and now with student midwives. Stress and trauma are sadly very much a part of maternity, and the capacitor practices such as finger holds, breathing, and Paldan gum are very welcomed. I personally do Paldan gum every day. The grassroots aspect of capacitor and the focus on those other than ourselves in the practices helps me feel part of a wider family of people. Capacitor techniques are not complicated, and with some practice, they can easily be incorporated into your daily life. I particularly like using the finger holds. This is an easy technique that can be done sitting at a desk or in the car park in between visits or meetings. It helps me to centre and contain my emotions, making it easier to move on to the next part of my day. I similarly find emotional freedom tapping helps me at the end of a difficult day to leave the baggage at work and make the transition to home easier. I feel Capacitor has increased my awareness of the impact that busy working life has on the body. And by being kind to myself and increasing the self-awareness, I can lessen the negative impact it has on me. At first I was not confident in sharing Capacitor with others, so I started gently with friends and family. I then had the opportunity to share practices on the QS well-being wellbeing lunches, This has helped me to gain some confidence and I am now hoping that I will be able to offer some sessions to colleagues. Thank you for listening. All the things that
0: we've talked about are in the show notes. So do please connect in with the resources that are there. And for now, goodbye.